Well, good morning, good morning. I'm trying to count up. I think this is week maybe number 10. I'm losing track of time. I don't know about you, but this whole quarantine thing is is not uh, helping me with days and time. And uh, but we're 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 here and we're just so glad to be here. I, I'm glad that we're here with you. And uh, I guess probably by now you know this, but I wanted to share this with you that we are now airing uh, on Facebook on three times on Sunday, 8, 10 a.m. and then 6 p.m. in the afternoon. And uh, as we get into the better spring, summer weather, I guess it's, you know, pretty outside. Uh, we want to give more opportunities for you to join with your family and to be a part of, of church at home. Um, so good, so good to be able to uh, speak to you this morning to share what's on my heart as we continue to talk about reset. And today I'm going to be talking about, um, this is our reset number four, and I'm going to be talking about steadfast, faithful, unmovable. So while, while, you're, while you're getting your Bibles out, let's turn to James uh, 1, and I'm going to be reading through the whole passage of Scripture here through 12 um, and breaking this down a little bit. So um, I'm going to be actually speaking today from the Passion Translation. I love how it's written there. And so let's, let's just talk about resetting our life. If we look back over the few weeks that we've been talking about reset, and I know personally in my life there's been a lot of reset, a lot of rethinking, a lot of looking at even my budget, looking at my family life, looking at uh, my thinking, how I, how I start my day, everything in my life to reset because in this taking this opportunity to rethink how maybe how we live our life. So it's important. Uh, so we're living from a place of freedom and not a place of fear. It's so important that we understand that we were created to be free and to, to live from a place of freedom. Uh, the second you take your eyes off of the promise, all you can see is the problem. The very second, and then we re remember the story um, of Peter when he was walking on the water, and in the moment he took his eyes off of Jesus and started looking at the waves around him, he began to sink. And so we always just look at the promise of God in our life. If we stay focused on the promise and we stay focused on the power of God in our life, we don't have to live in a place of fear, but we can live in a place of freedom, knowing that if God is for us, then who can be against us? So how do we reset our life and stay faithful and to grow in the middle of life's difficulties. That's what I want to talk about today. When life throws us a curveball, how do we stay faithful and stay focused on what matters most? You know, life doesn't stop in the middle of a storm. So how do we go on living um, without wavering, without moving off base of where God has called us to? Let's look at James uh, 1 and start with verse 2. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable, invaluable opportunity to experience the greatness joy that you can. Let's read that again because I kind of stumbled through that. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. 
And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. That is so good. When we're in the middle of difficulties, that is when the time that we really fasten our eyes upon the Lord. And as scripture says, and then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. I think that's so powerful right there. We're in a season of what so many would call difficult. I mean, it's been a difficult season. Honestly, I, I'm ready to have people around me. I'm ready to hang out with some people. I'm ready to throw a party. I need some socialization. I need some friends around. And uh, I, I need to have a good time. I mean, I love people. I'm a people person. And I know it's, uh, I know we can, you know, get out and do some things, you know. But going to Home Depot is not like hanging out with my friends. I'm just going to be honest with you. And so there are all these resets in our life. And and there's been resets in think, how we think, you know. I was reading a report the other day. It was talking about moving forward. How many people are going to, after this is all said and done, how many more people are going to work from home rather than go to the workplace? And how this is going to reset life for so many people. And, and as I read that, I thought, well, that's kind of cool because, uh, you, you know, uh, you can you know, get up in the morning and have your coffee and work from your own workspace at home. But then I got to thinking about, but as we continue to do those kind of things, how we disconnect from one another, how it's so easy, especially for the introverted people, uh, to just all of a sudden they just don't have any relationships because they're not going to work, they're not doing this, they're not doing that. And, and, and in those times, we can become so introspective looking at ourselves that we forget that, that we need community and people in our lives uh, to grow and to build. And so uh, in the middle of the season that we would call difficult, there are some resets going on. But actually, <clears throat> it's a really in, invaluable opportunity to experience the great joy as our faith is tested. We're in this season, we get, to, we get to find out where does my hope from, come from? Where does my hope come from? Where does my joy come from? Where does my inner peace come from? So when all of our activities slow down, maybe we get to relook and reset and rethink about those things. When we read this passage of scripture, um, what comes to mind is the joy that comes from enduring, from enduring, the pressing in part. You know, uh, I, I used to hear old timers all the time talk about pressing in, and, and I don't, I don't. I'm not trying to be critical, but I don't see as many people have the ability to push through, like, or even talk about it. Maybe they're doing, <clears throat> doing it, but not talking about it. Like pressing into that place where you you really go the extra mile, where you where you put forth the little effort, the pressing in part, and so. Um, when we read this passage, it says, hey, we're going to build up the ability to endure, to pressing in, to build up your faith. It's like an athlete when they work out. They, 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 every athlete works <clears throat> in different places. They do, they do different kinds of workouts because of what they do. So they're building up the muscle or, or the ability to endure. You know, a sprinter doesn't do the same thing that a 
a marathon runner does, nor a baseball player doesn't work out the same as a football player. They all, they all build certain muscles and certain, they learn certain things to help them to accomplish what, what their purpose to do. And I think that's true in us. It's like God's called us to do certain things, and then we learn how to build that place in our life where we can endure, where we can push through. We have the faith to believe, and, and we are called for purpose. <clears throat> when we realize that every trial and every test we faced is not for the sake of destroying us, but rather for the building up. When you go through trials, you know, not every trial is punitive. Some, most trials really are actually like building up. It's like the tension. I, I wanted to have this morning and I looked around like, you know, those stretchy things that they advertise on TV to build muscle. It's the tension. It's the, it, it's the pulling and it's the tension that the, the band in itself is not that difficult. It's when you pull it and hold that tension on it, that you build up strength. It's the enduring. And so we know that that comes out of working through the things of life. Um, and so those things are not to destroy us. They're not to tear us down, but they're to build us up. Then we find great joy in knowing that <clears throat> I will come out of this uh, situation stronger and more mature than when I began. When our faith is challenged, we can decide, will I be stronger or will I just quit? Will I stand up? Will I fight back or will I run away? We get to make the choice. Every situation prepares us for our next. It's like when a baby becomes a toddler and is challenged by all the things developing its ability to crawl, then to walk, and then to run. And it's in that season of life that they fall and bump their little heads and stumble over their feet. I'll never forget when, when Heidi was, I mean, not Heidi, but Haley was little. She always had this big bruise on her head. She was so active and she was falling into everything. She'd fall up the steps, down the steps, into the everything. And uh, it, it, she always had this little bruise on her head and we'd laugh about it. So probably things were beating her. But she was learning. She was so active when she was little, and she would climb and do all kinds of things. But she would stumble, and 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 I remember Hannah so funny because she would just stumble over her her little long legs even when she was little. And so they're learning, they're adapting, they're it's it's the process, it's of the part of growing, you know. And we take a little one that's learning to walk, and we put them in a little. Uh, what do you call those things, walkers, you know, and they, they learn how the mobility of moving their feet. And, uh, or we put them in the swimming pool and when they're just little, before they even turn one and they kick their legs and, and they move their arms and, and they're learning, they're developing. As we start our Christian walk, we, we're sometimes like that. We're developing, we're walking, we're learning how to mature, we're learning how to grow. And, and we start off and maybe, maybe our our prayer is a few minutes long and we're maybe our, our understanding is, is not as good as it, we would want it to be. But it's okay because you have to learn to walk. Uh, you got to learn to crawl, then to walk, and then to run. Uh, these words are, are so important that we understand that it's like we're going to help you. I remember when our children were little and they were learning how to eat on their own. Oh man, you put them in a high chair and when they got through eating, it seemed like there was more food on the floor and there was more food on the chair than there was actually in their mouth. And you wonder what do they ate because it was everywhere. But we helped them, we developed, we, 
we come to that place where we help them accomplish the task. But if we did everything for them, they would never develop into the person they were created to be. There comes a time that you have to say, hey, you got to learn to do this on your own. You got to learn to walk on your own. You got to learn to, 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 we're going to let go of the back of the seat and we're going to take off the training wheels and you got to learn this on your own. In 1 Corinthians 13 and 11, it says this, when I was a child, I spoke about childish matters for I saw things like a child and reasoned like a child, but the day came when I matured and I set aside my childish ways. So there comes this moment in time that we make the choice. We get to rethink some things in our life. We get to refocus on some things in our life. We get to reset some things in our life, knowing that, hey, I'm going to make, I'm going to grow in my maturity. And that's when we learn how to develop our life in the word of God and in the purpose of God and in the plan of God. So it's so important in this season that we, that we take some moment to say, God, how are you, how are you growing me? How are, I'm taking this opportunity to grow and to become more mature in my relationship with God. So what do you do when you don't know what to do? How many of you ever asked that question to yourself? Like, I don't know what to do. What do I do when I don't know what to do? Hey, here's an answer for that. In James 1 and 5, it says, If anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom and he will give it to you. If you long to be wise, pause for a minute. Say, look, God, I don't know what to do. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to ask for help. My goodness. I mean... God is so eager to help us. He's so eager to download some wisdom into our life. I mean, there's often times in my life in, in marriage and raising kids and pastoring and all the things that I do in life, I get to the place, I don't know what to do. So I ask God, God, give me wisdom. Help me to understand the things I do. Now I want to stop right there for just a minute and I'm going to share something with you. I, 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 don't, I, want, to be, I don't want to be cynical here or, or rude or ugly, but... If we're not in the Word of God, it's kind of difficult to ask God for wisdom because God's going to download to us through His express Word in our life the wisdom that comes from this Word. They mesh together. And when God brings something to my attention when I'm in a situation, it's because I've already read it in the Word of God and He'll bring it back to me. So if you're walking through difficulties and trying to live your Christian life without staying in the Word, it makes it even harder. Some people say, well, pastor, I just don't understand. Well, I'm going to help you today. I'm going to help you. Get in the Word of God. You say, well, I just don't remember everything. You'll remember it when you need to remember it. God will bring it back to you. But when you stay in this Word, it develops the gift of God working in you so that you can bring back those things, those words of wisdom that God spoke to us about in every avenue, at every place in our life, no matter what it is. I'm just going to get a big amen right there because that's good. We often think we should, you know, do everything right and never wrong and, and, and always, you know, be perfect. Well, that's just not true. We're learning. We're learning to walk. We're learning to run. We're learning those things that God's teaching us. We're growing in this place of maturity. 
You will not see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity. He will not. God will not. See your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures. But he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. Man, that is so good. When God sees your, sees your lack, he doesn't take the opportunity to put you over his knee and give you a spanking. No, he doesn't scold you or yell at you. He helps you to get up and go again. Hey, as a father teaching their kids how to ride the bike, there was some funny moments. There was times I wanted to laugh. There were some times it was just so funny. But you know what? I didn't scold my kids because they, they crashed the bike and, and they tore up the seat because they were learning how to ride the bike. It, that's just the way it happens. God's not going to scold you over the mistakes you made and as you're trying to learn, as long as your heart is set up on Him and you're trying to do what He's called you to do. But He's going to give you wisdom to help you to understand. And, and, and He's just faithful like that. going to give you great grace. God's not afraid of your mistakes. My dad would always say this, and, and I'll never forget this. He said this so many times in my young life that it's stuck with me. My dad would always say, do something even if it's wrong. Doing nothing is not acceptable. <laughs> do something even if it's wrong because doing nothing is not acceptable. Sitting around doing nothing and hoping for something good to happen just probably won't happen. But as we mature in the Lord, we're going to make mistakes. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna fail sometimes. But because you fail doesn't mean that you're a failure. Because you make a mistake doesn't mean that you're a loser, that you're outcast, that you're wrong. But doing nothing is the sure way to know that you'll never do anything in your Christian walk. So get up, go forward, move ahead, be faithful, be steadfast, be unmovable. Put, set your heart on the things of God. Let's go on. James 1 in verse 6. Just make sure you ask empowered by confident faith without doubting that you will receive. For the ambivalent person believes one minute and doubts the next. Being undecided makes you become like the rough seas driven and tossed by the wind. You're up one minute and you're tossed down the next. And when you're Half-hearted and wavering, it leaves you unstable. Can you really expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're in this condition? This is a time to reset our commitment to God. Reset our heart upon the Lord. And say, I'm committed to being all in. You know what James is saying? He's saying a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. When you're double-minded, you're going to be unstable. When you're, when you're not faithful and you're in and you're out, you're going to be unstable. When you're not committed, you're going to be unstable. These things make you unstable. You've got to be committed to it. It's okay to make mistakes. We've already said that. But it's not okay just to be uncommitted and, and in and out and, and, and double-minded, you know? Um, have you ever had a relationship with someone who you really enjoyed their company? I mean, they were, they were fun to be around, but you could never count on what they said. If they said they were going to come, you didn't really know whether they were going to show up or not. If, if they said they were going to meet you somewhere, they might or they might not. It was, and so even though you cared about them, 
you couldn't count on them because they wasn't committed. They were they were flaky or they didn't have a calendar or they didn't plan or they always always something was an excuse. Ever thought about how God is with us and our life when we're just here one day, we're out the next, we're not committed to our walk with him. He loves us, but he can't trust us. And you know what? We always talk about trusting God, but can God trust us? Can, can he, he said, to whom much is given, much is required. Can God put something in your hand and know that you're going to do something good with it? Or are you going to flake out, not be committed, be unstable, be unfaithful? And when crisis comes, are you going to bail? You see, this is the time to rethink those things and say, I'm going to commit my life to Christ, that I'm going to be everything that he's called me to be. Uh, I will commit. I want to be all in in my relationship. You know what I find out about successful people? Successful people know how to do the mundane. They don't get bored with the everyday. This gives them the staying power. You know, in life, this is true in life. There's going to be mundane things in life that we just have to do. We have to get up and do every single day. And, and without those mundane things, we, we don't have a foundation. And I talked about foundations before, but if we don't have, if we don't know how to do the practical or everyday mundane things, then when crisis comes in our life, we're going to feel like, oh, I got to run, I got to hide, I got to go somewhere. But it's in that faithfulness to the everyday mundane that gets us through life's difficulties. It's called faithfulness. It's called faithfulness. God wants us to be all in, not just when life is bad. Don't run to him like, oh, God, I'm going to have great faith. I need you to save me now. No, I'm committed. I'm committed to being faithful. And this thought has run over my mind more and more and more just in this time that we've been quarantined. It's the faithfulness of Daniel that he did not have to pray for God to save him when he was in the lion's den. He had the faith to believe out of the mundane of his life that he was going to be okay because God had, he had a relationship with God. That's such a powerful thing. You know what the scripture goes on to say, and I'm not going to stay here long, but the poor should boast for God's provision and the rich should humble themselves, uh, giving God the glory, knowing that if, if without him, they would have nothing and it could all go away in just a moment. So God is not our, our, our resource, but rather he is the only source. And we don't need to treat God as like a resource. We need to treat God like he is the source. And how do we know that? Because we spend every time we can and every day that we can in, in, in life drawing from that well of the goodness of God through that relationship that we have with him. It's not just a Sunday morning relationship, but it's an everyday relationship. And so when trouble comes in our life, we know that God is going to be there with us because we have this faithful, committed relationship with God. You know, the Bible tells us that every perfect gift comes from above. And we can look to him and know that he is going to be faithful to us. The question is, are we faithful to him? Let's move on. James 1 says this. If your faith remains strong, even while surrounded by life's difficulties, you will continue to experience the untold blessing of God. True happiness comes as you pass the test with faith and receive the victorious crown of life promised to every lover of God. I want to read it again. If your faith remains strong, even while surrounded by life's difficulties, you will continue to experience the untold blessing of God. If you remain strong, you can trust God's going to be in the storm with you. 
He's going to be there. He's going to be in the lines then with you. He's going to be in the fire with you. He's going to be in every situation with you. And you don't have to waver because you're already, you already know that God is going to be faithful. And true happiness comes as you pass the test, test with faith and receive the victorious crown of life's promise to every lover of God. There's one thing I want to be. I want to be a lover of God and a lover of people. And I know if I do those things that God is going to be there in my life through every situation. We're called to live from glory to glory. And we're called to be children of faith and not fear. Trusting and believing what we cannot see. But to see through the eyes of faith like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When they, put, when they were put through the test, they became the heroes of faith. I close with this. Hebrews 11 says this. These heroes who died still clinging to their faith, not even receiving all that they had been promised to them. Wow. These heroes died clinging to their faith and they had not even received all that was promised to them. But they saw beyond the horizon the fulfillment of their promise and gladly embraced it from afar. They all live their lives on earth as those who belong to another realm. You see what Abraham saw? He saw down the road beyond his years that God was going to fulfill the promise that he had gave him. And so he clinged to that faith and he lived his life close to the Lord. In Hebrews 11 and 15 it says this, And their hearts were still remembering what they had left behind and they And if their hearts were still remembering what they left behind, they would have found an opportunity to go back. There's always going to be an opportunity if you cling to the past to go back. And I like this little story of David, you know, when he reached down into the to the brook to to get the stones. He saw the reflection of of just a young guy, you know, a ruddy little boy. But no, he saw a warrior. He saw a promise from God and he went out to fight the giant because he had a promise from God. Not because he was great, but because God was great in him. But they could have turned back but their hearts were fixed on what was far greater. That is the heavenly realm. Listen, I want to fix my heart on something that's bigger and greater than me. I want to attach myself to a promise that God has put in my life even before the world's refrained. And he knew me then, and he's attached them to my life. So you know what I want to do? I want to learn how to be faithful in the difficult times. I want to learn how to be steadfast when life is, you know, crazy like it is now. I want to learn to be faithful when I don't even understand. Like, you know what, God, I don't understand, but I'm going to remain faithful to you. When I fall, when I, fall, when I make mistakes... I'm going to be a mature Christian that's going to get up from where I fell and I'm going to move forward. I'm not going to stay in this place that I'm at. So here's what I want to leave you with today. Rethink, reset, and refocus. Focus your attention upon God. Make a commitment to the Lord and say, I'm going to be committed. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be steady, steadfast, unmovable. I'm not going to waver. I'm going to be like the tree that's planted by the water. And I'm going to be I'm going to be full of life and I'm going to stay faithful to the mundane and I'm going to let God develop his good work in me as I mature in my relationship with God. Let's pray. 
Father, we love you this morning. Thank you, Lord, for this great opportunity that we have to uh, experience this great joy that comes from going through the storm and seeing the salvation of the Lord in every situation in our life. And knowing that in the storm, God, is not uh, in test or not always there to, you know, they're not there to destroy us, but they're there to build us up. So what can I learn from the season that I'm in? What can I learn from the place that I'm at? So God, I just pray for your people today. I pray, God, that they learn how to walk and talk and become strong and, 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 and see the salvation of God in their life, even in the worst of times. Lord, we as Americans oftentimes live for the uh, mountaintop experiences. But God, it was in the valley that you restore our soul. Let us understand what it feels like, God, to go through the difficult times and trust in you, that we live from a place of faith and not a place of fear. And we love you today. I pray over every home today. I pray for blessing. I pray, God, that you just, uh, just help them to prosper. I pray, God, that you provide all of their needs according to your riches and glory. And we trust you, God. And we will, we will always keep our focus and our mindset upon you. God bless you. We love you. Have a fantastic day. Mm -hmm.